Welcome to episode 104 of the Frameskip Podcast. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined by two good friends of mine, the one in pink, Seth Slakehouse. How are you? This is my last t-shirt. This is the reason I'm wearing it. I have procrastinated doing laundry this long that this is my last t-shirt. This is the final t-shirt straw. Yes, this is the final t-shirt. It's this a good one, color. Like, like, it is a good is, color. I don't even remember having this t-shirt. Like, it's been in my closet so long that I desperately was like searching in the back of my closet. Like, there's got to be something else in here, dude. Isn't that the worst though? Like, when you're down to the 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 few clothes that you just don't want to wear, and that's yeah. like all that's in your closet. Oh, like if I'm just I'm not doing anything today, so I got it. I got this, and it's fine. But I'm just like, oh. see, the thing is, is that we live in an, like an attic loft apartment. And we don't have a washer and dryer. So I got to carry my laundry down three flights of steps and then take it to the laundromat. And it's just such a pain in the ass because when you go to the laundromat, you you have to sit there for like a solid two hours. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's the worst. That's the worst part about laundromats is just the sitting there. Yeah, it's terrible. I hate it. Awful. My apartment in college didn't have laundry so the nearest laundromat was probably two or three miles away and it was on like this kind of underdeveloped like road like between burlington and winooski like it was like right along the river and it really sucked it was really creepy and like scary and it was like across the street from a gas station so i would just like you know go over get cigarettes and soda and just like post up like outside the laundromat and would just hang out there and waiting for my clothes to to wash or whatever and in the past couple of years, that underdeveloped road has since become like such a hot spot. And now like right next to the laundromat, there's like this awesome like Vietnamese restaurant with like a full service bar. And I'm just like, ah, why? why am I 32? Why am I not 20 doing laundry now? Why don't I do my laundry <laughs> now? Is it like a like a gentrification thing that happened? No, I think it was just people realize like, oh, this town is pretty popular. We should actually have things that people enjoy here. <laughs> that was well, dude, like, I was just wondering because the state of like gentrification right now is so interesting. Like, there's this town that's about twenty five miles away from me, and it is the most rundown garbage place it was it's like a former um, coal mine town right and uh there's this conflict going on between the people that have lived there forever and let it run into the ground and then people that are like coming and buying property and houses there because it's cheap mm-hmm. and like for instance this one like fancy apartment building that they had built there caught on fire and the fire department came and they got caught on video just going, let it burn and cracking beers. And oh, drinking my them. God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Like, it's a That's serious intense. conflict. Yeah. Because <laughs> like and they're like, it's weird because everyone agrees that this town is a piece of crap. Right. It's like I got a huge drug problem and there's no industry there whatsoever. There's not even like a fast food place it's like done 
but they are so dead set on just like not allowing anyone else in their town. It's it's wild. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big problem uh in in, in Atlanta, I know. Um uh, not definitely not on that level, but I know there there are definitely issues like that around. Speaking of non-issues, I'm also joined by George Loftus. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What a great transition. How are you, George? I'm doing well. I'm exhausted. I feel a little low energy today, so I'm sorry. I hope I don't infect the podcast with my... Yeah, bang it out. I bang <laughs> it out, and then I rein it in. I bang it out. You're it right. In. I should. I need to stop like looking at my shoes, stop looking at the, the ceiling tiles, and I just got to bang it out and then rein it in. That's all I got to do. That's right, buddy. I don't... So, George, are you like an energy drink guy at all? Like, obviously, Seth is, because he's currently chugging bang as we record this episode but i have never never liked energy drinks i used to love red bull when i was in high school and when i was in college but like only around finals and for the most part i've like cut caffeine out of my diet completely okay in the past couple of years I like that's actually uh, that's a really great thing yeah, yeah um, i do coffee i like whenever i do grab a soda i try so hard to get like the diet caffeine free coke which like i know it doesn't taste great but there's no caffeine in it, so I don't get the right. little the little heart skips, you know, later right. in <laughs> later in night when I'm trying to fall asleep. Finally, um, yeah, I still drink coffee somewhat regularly, but I don't drink any soda. And um, yeah, energy drinks were just never my thing. For that reason, though, I I would always have the <laughs> problems sleeping and and weird like anxiety moments. I get forty. 40- 48 cans of bang delivered from Amazon every two weeks. <laughs> it's called bang. Yeah, that's the joke. I bang it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know that was the, Oh, I thought you were just telling me to bang it out. I didn't know you were telling me to bang TM it out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But and then the other energy drink I drink is rain. Right. Rain it in. Oh my god. I had no idea. I really thought wow. you were just telling me to go for it, but then like <laughs> calm down. I, I really thought <laughs> I didn't know that you were sponsored by these two drinks. Well, like that's the other half of the joke, you know? Like <laughs> it's really good. Damn, that's smart. I knew you were funny. I didn't know you were a goddamn rocket scientist too there, Seth. That's good, oh, good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Wait, is is rain? Is that like a cool down drink? Like is that like uh like your post workout oh. shake? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh no, that's that's just more caffeine. Okay, it's just the same thing, George. I, the I same love thing. the idea though of like an energy drink that makes like one to like pump you up and then one to chill you out after that. <laughs> like, it's like the reverse flash. It has like reverse energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that'd be incredible. Can we just all agree though, as a podcast? Because I know I know nobody out there listening cares about this, and certainly no you know hosts that are not here. For the moment, can we just all agree that G Fuel is the worst? Oh, it's energy disgusting, drink? dude. Dude, I tried. No, no I, podcast I, hosts care about it. Just to be clear. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. none of us, or mm-hmm. or the the two that are not here. I have Listen, zero. I have zero opinion. I have less than zero opinions on G Fuel. I am an energy drink <laughs> aficionado, right? Like I'll pour it into a wine glass and kind of get the flavor, you know, and, and snifter like oh, yeah. a lot of earth tones, yeah. I've tried at least four different kinds of G Fuel, G Fuel, and they are all disgusting. Like they're terrible. I don't get it. 
How do you feel about the fact that G Fuel pretty much makes its entire profit off of putting uh, characters on the label? And that's pretty much what drives anybody to it is, oh, look, Crash Bandicoot is on this label. So this must be great. I actually, it's not any different than how I buy comic books. So like, where where do we draw the line? <laughs> I actually respect it, though, because it was a genius marketing strategy because G Fuel saw like an opportunity. They're like, oh, you know what? There's no energy drinks that are like geared towards gamers. They're all like bro energy type energy drinks. Let's get one in there for the nerds. And then they just took that idea and ran with it, dude. Like everybody's sponsored by G Fuel. And they're not like real sponsors. They're like, hey, use my code to get G Fuel. And then it's like, okay, well, you get like a kickback of the profit. Um, and like, that's fine. You're, they're still like supporting smart creators, but that's how they're able to get so much advertising at the same time. And, um, yeah, they're just everywhere, man. And I'm, I'm actually impressed they got so much licensing, right? Because they, yeah. they, they have like Crash Bandicoot and Sonic the Hedgehog one, and like uh, Resident Evil. I know Elijah yeah. bought all those and live yeah, like Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, hey, Elijah, if you're listening to this, go go buy a statue or something. You know, like <laughs> yeah. This whole past like two or three minutes wasn't pointed at Elijah. I mean, just to be clear, like. I'm just kidding. No, was, definitely not. <laughs> but I am truly honest about my hatred for G Fuel. I mean, it, it is. Do you guys? Disgusting. Do you guys remember Vault? I loved Vault. Yes. Yeah, that was like that was what like Mountain Dew slash energy yeah. drink baby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was like it was like um, it was like an energy drink that was owned by Mountain Dew, but it wasn't really an energy drink. It had like really low caffeine, like barely more than the regular Mountain Dew. I remember that got really big. Like this is like fifth, sixth grade, I think is like around the time Red Bull came out. And I remember being like mystified by it because it says like made with taurine. And it's just like <laughs> like the, the rumor at the time to dumb, you know, 10 year old, 12 year old George, whatever, was like, oh, that's like bull semen. <laughs> like that, that's the that's the uh, the hidden ingredient that like gives Red Bull its kick. And it was the same thing about like, whoa, did you hear about this new drink? Like it's got like bull juice i'm gonna call it that uh for now on because that's less gross and i think i think if i say i think if i say jizz you'll you'll bleep it out so saying bull juice is not less gross (laughs) (laughs) but just being like mystified by it like it it really did feel like such a like a moment that was like trapped in that era where like it really was like oh did you hear about this new japanese game called like jet set radio like you just rollerblade and graffiti it's awesome like it, it really felt like whoa like it was just That's what i like to call the uh axe body spray era god i can't wait for the 2030s when the 2000s come back it's gonna be great <laughs> oh it will be great man i used to uh when i would have uh people over to my house to my room in high school i remember thinking i was so slick because i had like axe body spray and i would like spray it on the the fan blades of my room oh my god (laughs) and then turn the fan on i think essence was the one i used the most that was like the one that had like the two dragons like wrapped around each other like on the on the spray bottle i want you to know that for almost all of my adult life my mom would give me Axe body spray in a stocking because she she got in that habit when I was like 13, 14. And she just never stopped. And I would just immediately throw it out when I got home. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I never wanted to tell her. Also, she got me these disgusting beef sticks 
the the um obero oberto beef sticks they were terrible oh my god let me see if i can find them they were just awful just when you say beef sticks like slim gyms like fancy slim gyms okay I was gonna say I'll never forget when it comes to Axe, I'll never forget the commercial for like the chocolate one because people were like eating this chocolate man in the street. I was like, this is the strangest commercial I have ever seen. So <laughs> speaking of commercials, for like three months, Burger King had this like man commercial. And they had this song that has stuck in my head for ten plus years where you're just like i am man here we roar with hunger too big to ignore you guys remember this advertisement i do remember that that was crispin porter Bogusky, the, the ad agency that did it it has been stuck in my head for like 15 years or whatever it is man i've never been able to forget it it's a great what's, song what's been stuck in my head from burger king was like something they did that i thought was genius and we're just going to talk about this because we're talking about the 2000s they used to have like a drink menu on the side of their soda machines where like it wasn't like it was like how to make cocktails out of their sodas. So, like if you mix Coke and Dr. Pepper together, they called that drink black gold. Oh, that my God. Awesome. I don't remember. That. I don't remember that. I don't they just they that. had stuff like that, like just like, oh, if you mix Sprite and root beer, like it was just like a whole bunch of different things like that. And I just remember thinking that was so cool. Like the first time I like mixed two sodas at. At a Burger King, I felt like a goddamn alchemist. Like I felt like I was like inventing <laughs> some magical elixir that would just carry me forward in time. I, I felt so freaking cool. The two thousands were so much better than the twenty tens, right? I mean, like it's like the two thousand eight recession hit, and everyone was just like, I "Hate this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Why do you think I do a comic book podcast all about stuff that came out in two thousand three? It's like, oh, any, yeah, excuse, any excuse to talk about Billboard's Top 100 from, two, <laughs> from 2002. Oh, J-Lo and LL Cool J when they were working together. Oh, that was the number one song. Yeah, let's take five minutes to talk about that banger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of bangers, George. You're going to bang it out and rain it in like Seth over here. And I, and I want you to tell me what you've been playing this past week. <laughs> I haven't played a single thing this past week. It's been kind of nice. I've been reading a lot of comic books. I started reading Andre Agassi's biography, and I've actually been playing so much tennis. Like I've been actually like going out and playing a physical sport. I don't know if you guys know this. I was like ranked really high in tennis, like in high school. Like I, I was a, a doubles player. I was like me and my partner were ranked first team all conference for like Eastern Maine. We went undefeated like the last two years we played together, like junior, senior year of high school. And like we won our state championship match. We didn't win state championships because, you know, we didn't win enough matches. But like we won our match. So we were state champions. That makes oh, that's sense. That's pretty sweet. Right. Yeah. And so I've just been getting really into it. Like I've been dieting more. I've been trying to work out more from home. And I've just been good. Like today I left work early. Uh, to do some some physical therapy and just I, I banged out. 150 serves at at the court like it just felt so good to just line up on the baseline test out my new shoes and just hit ball after ball so like that's what i've been doing in my free time besides that like i've been playing a lot of shredder's revenge um on the weekends like with buddies just when time lines up and that's pretty much all i've been doing with my time it's been great i leave my job on friday so i'm in kind of uh, senioritis mode that's awesome dude Every mm-hmm. once in a while, you just got to serve your balls, you know? Yeah, serve your balls, bang it out. Serve your balls. Baseline. 
Yep. Yeah. Dive those no, that's balls. that's good though. I mean, we've been trying to to work out more because we were in a pretty good habit for a while, and then like the pandemic hit, and we just kind of lost motivation. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, that was two years ago at this point. So, I've been trying to kind of get back up to speed um, at our like apartment gym, and so far, like a couple weeks in, we've been doing pretty good. We've been working out like at least three or four days a week, which is somewhat consistent. So, I'm hoping I can kind of keep that up. That's been, well. so that's been the hard encourage part. each other george yeah that's been the hard part is like <laughs> slowing down like i want to go every yeah. single day but like dude my muscles are just like fried yep and like i'm i'm not great at tennis but like i'm pretty good and like i i know what i'm doing i've been playing since i was like what five years old six years old whatever so i'm just like sitting there and i'm like okay i can feel like the muscles in my shoulder are a little like torn <laughs> like the fibers are like okay gotta gotta let it rest but also like i just want to go like i set up targets and i like i don't leave until i like knock them down like five times each which sucks because like i'm not the most accurate uh when i serve the ball which is why i had to hit 150 today but uh it, like I serve it's a just, lot of balls George. it's just so nice to like get out be physical and like i just listen to like the music i made a playlist of like my favorite songs in high school and I just feel like I'm 17 again. It's it's awesome. Do you guys ever get in like the weird mood? Like I'm in this situation right now where no music I listen to is like hitting it. Yes. 100%. Yes. Like, where, I, where I actually just turned off my music at work the other day and just did it in silence. Because I'm like, I don't want to listen to any of this. Yeah. So that's, that's been my problem for a while, actually. Like for at least a month. Yeah. Where I, I I have just been listening to podcasts and I'm like, man, I just don't want to listen to music. Like, there's nothing I want to listen to right now. It's so weird. But my my issue, what I have found, <laughs> is that in this like digital age that we live in with Spotify and and all this stuff, I have a really hard time like finding new artists and like finding new songs. And I don't know why that is because Spotify, like, I can search and do whatever. But I don't know. I I find myself frequently just stuck listening to the same things over and over, and I just get sick of listening to it. So I what don't know I, if I'm just insane. What I do is because I have YouTube Premium, I listen, and that comes with YouTube Music, and YouTube Music is actually great at recommending me new artists because Google knows everything about me. So oh, they're like, "Oh, yeah, we, yeah. you're gonna love." I know this. you're blood like, Actually, yeah. you're you're right. I do love this. Thank you. <laughs> Spotify we, is we, trash. Like Spotify. What? Yeah, I said it. Well, like <laughs> I I made a playlist of like every song that like had meaning to me in high school. And it's 18 hours long, that playlist. Like, it's just like every single different, like, emo, screamo, and extremo artist that I remember, like, you know, reacting to like they were gospel when I was younger. And every time I put it on, I just put it on shuffle and I hear the same 15 songs. It's like, dude, this is a playlist with like 400 tracks. Like, what, like, why am I hearing so many of the same something corporate songs every time I do it? And I love something corporate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I definitely have experienced this too, where I get a playlist, put it on shuffle, and it's like five percent of that list is like ninety nine percent of the music that gets yeah. circulated every time. I I have had that issue as well on Spotify, so it must be something with their algorithm. I don't know what it is. I think with music too, it's kind of the same thing with games, where there's just so much available now that like it kind of loses its value a little bit. Right, like I don't have to work yeah. for music. Like if the Killers release like a new album, I'm like, okay, great, I can listen to that literally whenever I want because I have it on Spotify or I have it. I could just look it up on YouTube. Like there's no value, and like 
I was transferred over to PlayStation Plus Premium because I had PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. And so I've got hundreds of games I can play. I've never had more access to more games. And I'm like, yeah, none of these not doing it for me. Nope. Dude, that's kind of the same for me, though. I mean, just game wise, like I have Game Pass and I think about all the games I could be playing. And now I've got as just like you, PlayStation Plus Premium. And I just don't want to play any of it. Like, I just want to keep playing the games I already have. <laughs> so Sunbreak, uh, baby. Yeah, I, I do not plan on renewing my Game Pass this year. Uh, probably what I'll do is just when a big game comes out, I'll, I'll renew it for a month or two and, and, and play it. Um, I feel like I kind of made a mistake buying a year's worth of it because I, I used it for a couple months last, last fall for Forza and Halo, and that was about it. But yeah. Anyway. Seth. So, I actually have the same issue right now where there's nothing I want to play and I decided to just give up. <laughs> so, okay. So, no, like it's, it's funny because I was have I've been having this issue for a long time, man, like where I'm I'm just like, man, there is absolutely nothing I want right now out of my library so um me and caitlin just picked up playing D again and we've been having a blast with that i picked up some other hobbies like 3d printing i, I got back into that um <clears throat> and i've just been just been going for them now it is interesting because i did buy a game this past week because i saw it came out because like i said i've been in a big D mood so there was this game that came out in, i think 2019 called dungeons and dragons dark alliance yeah, um, and I just yeah. I just went I just took a shot in the dark and bought it, and I played fifty three minutes of it, and it's now uninstalled. So <laughs> the game is really bad. That was a Game Pass launch game, like that. It was it day one on Game Pass, and I remember it came out, and everybody just talked about how awful it was. It, it's really bad. I was so be. excited. I was so excited for that game. Yeah, I just I took a shot in the dark and I was like, well, I'm in a D&D mood. And, you know, I'll, I'll, let me give this a, a good old college try. And um, it's not dude. It's like it's like unfinished. Like when you play as Drizzt and he stands, he actually glides across the ground because he's not actually colliding with the ground. <laughs> OK, like, okay. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so then. I was like, okay, well, let me try like Divinity Original Sin 2 because that game's great, right? But I hate the beginning of that game at, at Fort Droid. And the beginning of it takes so long that I'm just like, I'm good, man. I'm just going to keep playing D&D. So me and Caitlin, actually, <clears throat> we started a game of D&D with her friend DMing the um, the most popular D&D official module, The Curse of Strahd. And then... Um, we started our own at home here because the central's back for D and D. You can actually run with one DM and one player, so that's what we've been doing a lot lately. That's pretty nice because we can kind of just do it whenever. We don't have to worry about other people's schedules. So having a blast nice. with that. Do you just like purposely come up with ways to mess with her when you're DMing, and does she just purposely come up with ways to mess with you when you're D- or when she's DMing? No, she doesn't. She hasn't DM'd yet, but um. I try not to. I try to follow the the essentials book like as closely as possible, because the 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 book is um the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak is the campaign that came with it, and it's actually in my opinion probably the best module that I've ever 
read through for D and D. It's like it's like I don't know if you've ever have you ever done an official campaign? No, Maybe. I've only done like a friend's like custom one. Yeah, so like the the modules are actually really hard to run, I think. I think they're a lot harder than homebrew because they give you like a skeleton of a plot and a campaign, and then like you have to kind of fill in the gaps. But I would say like for the essentials guide, it gives you more like the skeleton and the muscles. And that's, that's it's, there's a lot more to it. So some of the nervous system, a little yeah. bit of a respiratory. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I've been doing. I've never actually played D&D of any kind. So that's like a we should have like a my life. We should run like a short pick up like Lost Minds of Fandelver or something like a really short campaign through like Roll20. Yeah. Roll20 is awesome. Actually, like I'm I, I'm playing later tonight in Roll20. I'm very excited. We could even we could even is that like a website or something or. Yeah, it's like a digital like mapping and like character moving mm-hmm. and let, let someone like DM and drop enemies in and stuff. It's really, really cool. Wow. What I think is interesting about it is that it's created this secondary market for high quality paid dungeon masters. And people can now make a living off of dude. There's this there's this website where you like you go through and you can like like recruit a dungeon master and they make so much money. It's like they're at the top of the list. They make on average $20 a person per session, right? And a lot of D&D campaigns go for like six months. So they run these multiple times a week, usually with like five players each, and they get a ton of money for DMing. And I think that, I mean, and it is like a, like a good skill to have, um, or not a good skill to have, but like a, like a hard skill to like master. So it makes sense if you want to, like, I've thought about hiring like a professional DM. I think it's pretty uh, cool. That, idea. that sounds like exhausting though. Like just like in the, it, I've only played D and D with like one group of people. And I'm just thinking, like, okay, the amount of prep work that goes into it, I don't know, probably, like, what, an hour, two hours per session? Mm-hmm. And you get 100 bucks per person, but then, like, each session is, like, what, three to five hours? Yeah. But then I guess you can run that over and over again with multiple groups. And, like, that's yeah. probably, that's where the money's got to come from, right? If I, yeah, I mean, I figure, like, the because if you look, some of these guys have, like, been doing it for, like, two years, and they've had, like, 840 campaigns completed. And it's like, okay, well, you're getting a hundred dollars per session that's that's quite a bit of money yeah that's crazy i didn't even know that was a thing yeah didn't, didn't know that was possible yeah i thought you were going to cool. talk about the secondary market for assets using roll 20 oh well like, that like, too. Like, like digital like okay we need you know goblins to look good or we need orcs to look good or here we need some like more interesting maps and like i've noticed that like as time has gone on like we started right the pandemic kicked off in like march of 2020 and man, all of the enemies we go against now look so good compared to like the ones we started against. Yeah, uh, yeah, nice. it's pretty cool. Like, like D and D's gotten huge, which is weird because it seemingly came out of nowhere. And I think I suspect that Critical Roles' popularity had something to do with like the kickoff of D and D, but I'm not positive. That's, where that's it came what got from. our DM back into. Like, he played in college and like you know did like Warhammer miniatures, like did all this nerdy stuff, and then it was Critical Role that like sort of reawakened like the the passion in, in him for for well, D stuff it's so weird because like critical roles big but they're not like they're not like absurdly big right i mean they have they have a 1.74 million subscribers which is a lot but it's not like mainstream huge i, I think 
don't know. Yeah, but I feel like that's an audience that like spends money. Do that. There's Austin. Have you ever watched Critical Role? No, I haven't. So, do you know what the premise is? No. Okay, you're gonna love this. You, you might actually end up checking this out. Yeah. It is the biggest voice actors in the industry running D and D campaigns. So you have Laura Bailey, Ashley John, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley Johnson, uh, Liam O'Brien, Matt Mercer. Um, what's what's the big dude's name? Um, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. No, not Troy Baker. The, Nolan the North. big, big statue. Dude. Oh, the physically big guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I don't. Uh, he's married. Know. He's married to Laura Bailey, and and Matt Mercer is the DM, but he's probably like mm, the best DM in the world. <laughs> he's really good, dude. Like he's really good. The 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 problem with Critical Role, though, and I I have no problem saying this because it's it's one hundred percent clear. Their fan base is abhorrent, absolutely mm. disgusting. They they have like one of the worst fan bases on the internet. It's about as bad as Star Wars. Wow. Like like Marisha Maris, Marissa Marissa I, I I think the bang is giving me minor strokes. <laughs> Marisha Ray is one of the people that plays with them, and her character was kind of like an edgy character in the last campaign, and they were sending death threats to her. Because they didn't like the actions that her character took. I'm like, that's oh, ridiculous. I, I just hate the world. Yeah. The, the weirdest part about that is like. Obviously, I would never like say anything to Star Wars about like something I disagree with because it's like not my story. But like, I can understand why someone wouldn't think why someone would say something horrible to Star Wars. And like, if they get a response like, well, why don't you just make your own? It's like, dude, I can't shut up. You know, I can't. Yeah. But then like with Critical Role, it's like. Oh, I, I hate this decision your character makes. Like, all right, we'll play your own D and D campaign. It's like I could. You're right. I totally could. Do this. <laughs> like, there's literally nothing stopping me. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I have um, heard of them. I just need to sit down and watch them at some point. And I guess I'll avoid the comment section on those yeah. videos when I well, get to that. <laughs> I mean, like, I think for some reason, I think every fan base might just be like this. Now, I'm starting to realize it more and more as I get older. Is that like? Every like subreddit or like fan base page you go on is like just it's like they hate their own show. You know, I'm like, I don't really want to be involved in any of these communities anymore. I don't know. It's weird. I actively avoid any Star Wars conversation whatsoever on the Internet now. Yeah, the only ones, awful. only ones I'm interested in having are like with you guys. And like, Seth, you and I disagree about so much about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to punch you. I don't think you've wanted to punch me like no, even though you were the person I'd feel most comfortable telling to like, uh, do you go die in a fire? And I assume like you like, you know, we know each other well enough where we could say that literally never crossed my mind to say that right. to you, dude. But you're right, because I see these people talk online and my immediate reaction is physical aggression. <laughs> yeah, I want to actually crush this man's skull. I mean, after like the Obi Wan stuff and just seeing the reaction, Obi Wan stuff I mean, was crazy. disgusting, disgusting. Because that show is really good. I think. Yeah, I just you can't know? believe people were like, "Oh God, I hate this character so much. She makes no sense." It's like, dude, it's a second episode. It is. Yeah. It is the second episode. You know, literally nothing about her. Shut up. Shut up. <gasps> You're breaking canon. <laughs> And I'm like, you guys need to calm down. Like, <laughs> like on, obviously coach. they're going to fix coach. it. 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. It drove me crazy that, that the Kenobi show, man, because like by the by because I it was clear by the final episode or they were gonna fix like the things they set up because they're trying to build suspense. Surprise, it's a show. You know? <laughs> Come on. God. That 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 is what broke me of the Star Wars community. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, of breaking me, what's something that's breaking my time is Monster Hunter Rise uh, Sunbreak. I hate you. I knew you were going to talk about it. I hate which you. Which came out on Friday, and I wish I was playing it with Seth. Unfortunately, I'm not. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> uh, so far, it's fantastic. I, I mean, it's just more Monster Hunter, frankly. Like, it's not, it's, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, and that's typically how these these um, expansions are, but. You know, I, I had been playing a ton of Rise leading up to Sunbreak. I think I'm at like 120 hours, something like that, maybe 125. And um, so I was really gearing up for it. I got to like the final boss, final post-game boss of Rise. And so I uh, was well set for Sunbreak. And so far, it's fantastic. I, my my only complaint that I will say is that, oddly enough, Iceborne was not like this in World, but... When you start the new quest, for some reason, like the first few hours, you don't find any new monsters. It's like all the old monsters that have just been upgraded with new moves. I thought that was a, a strange kind of choice, but we're finally getting into the newer newer stuff. We're getting there. So, um, and I hear it gets a lot better as the further you get, kind of the more monsters you get into. But so far, you know, I'm loving it. It's more Monster Hunter. I, I really like the uh, the style. It's kind of like medieval type stuff this time around which i think is pretty neat um coming off of like the more japanese like historic japanese type type content that was in base rise i think it's a really really neat kind of juxtaposition so i'm enjoying it i can't wait to play more uh i, I don't have a whole lot to say only because i've only played a few hours so far but it is very good very good i um i got watson to play monster Hunter with me when i was playing it pretty religiously like six months ago and he did and we only had a couple sessions together and he had like started getting the hang of it right and then like three or four weeks ago he hit me up he's like hey man you want to play monster hunter and i'm like yeah sure thinking like he's kept up you know this whole time and we jump in and he's like oh yeah give me a second i gotta i gotta figure out you know the controls again and talk about the most miserable play session i've ever seen dude and then like because like if one person dies three times you're, it's over you're done right and i bet we we wiped like three times in a row and i'm just like oh god well it is a hard game to like if you haven't played it in a while and if you're not somebody like me who, i mean i've been playing the, the game for like 15 years at this point it's hard to to like jump back in and remember all that. It's 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 very hard. And, and yeah. I would almost say it's like Final Fantasy like MMO level of oh god, I don't know my well, rotations. Like what the hell am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, it is similar <laughs> to that, but at least in like Final Fantasy 14, like you can kind of guess and like probably be okay unless you're playing high level stuff. With Monster Hunter, it's so different than any other games you play. Because for some reason, like that, when when you play it, it works and it makes sense once you understand how to play it. But if you're coming in with no experience to Monster Hunter and trying to pick it up, it's like, what is this archaic nonsense that like that this game is pulling? 
but yeah. I mean, I love Monster Hunter Rise, and I really wish I had people to play with. And I've bought it twice, surprisingly. Have I ever told you this story? No. Oh, yeah. So I, I bought, bought it once. <laughs> I bought it once on Switch to play with you, and then you stopped playing, and I had to buy it on PC. Uh, you Well, that had is a word that you put in there, so yeah. i just like um, to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Seth, while we're here, can I read a list of games I've bought for other people, too, that I, yeah, I started keeping yeah. last week? Yeah. Rainbow Six Extraction. Hey, hey Austin. <laughs> Nintendo Switch Sports. Hey, Austin. Hey, I, no, I told you like a week before that game came out that I wasn't getting it. It's only four days, and I we, like you said like we pre-ordered it the same day. Uh, Super Mario Party. Hey, Super Austin. Mario Party. I have Super Mario Party. Oh, well, haven't we played it together? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pokemon Diamond Remake. That one's not for you. Okay. Uh, Borderlands Two, Elder Scrolls Online. Those are the biggest ones that like stand out to me. Mm. I always think about um, the division, the first one. I bought oh, that yeah. game to play with two like really good buddies from high school, and then they just never played it. And I was like, "All right, I guess I just wasted sixty dollars on this game." <laughs> yeah, I bought that game too. I remember like walking to Target in like a rainstorm in San Francisco. They were completely sold out, and I was like, "Damn it!" So I just bought beer, and then I went home and I bought it digitally. And I was like, "Okay, man, I'm ready to play. Hold on a second. And then I saw the download. I'm like, "All right, I'll play tomorrow." <laughs> and then we played that game twice together, and I literally have not spoken to that person since. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Seth, I wanted to ask you something. By the way, I I, I didn't talk about this in the games I've been playing because I I didn't really play a whole lot of it. I probably played like less than an hour, but I did start up Dragon's Dogma. Okay. Before. Sunbright came out. Did you play any of that game? I feel like I remember you talking about that game at some Dragons, point. Dragons, you mean Dark Arisen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Sunbreak, Sunbreak's the Monster Hunter one, right? Yeah, yeah. He said before he started playing that, he was yeah. Before I before oh, I started oh, Sunbreak, I was oh. I booted up Dragons Dogma. I yeah. was just curious what you thought about that game and if it was worth like my time because two so, was announced. Yes, Dragons Dogma is a game, and it's funny because I actually installed it the other day and played like twenty minutes of it. Dragon's Dogma is a game that w- that is fantastic and way ahead of its time. Like the AI in Dragon's Dogma is insane. And the amount of lines they recorded and the the gameplay systems. And I, it's hard to say cuz it's a very hard game. Yeah. Dragon's Dogma is is like what D&D should be if you run all the encounters by the book. Like it's very unforgiving and brutal. Right. You know, and like if you if you don't carry a torch at night, you can't see. And there might be just a griffin in the woods. You know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> this sucks, you yeah. know, but yeah. it's really cool and I one of the coolest things about Dragon's Dogma that people don't seem to talk about is the follower system and the how the recruitment works and stuff like that cuz I don't know if you guys know, but like when you're not playing the game, your follower can get recruited by other players and join their party and gain oh. XP and stuff like that. And that just happens automatically because like and then when you when you rest it in, it'll be like, oh, your pawn has come back from journeys with other followers and gained so and so amount of XP and items and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this is this is like a really wow. cool system. And you can recruit other people's followers as well. And I think that's a that's a, like a really neat system. Hmm. Um, OK. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dragon's Dogma I'd, was great. 
Yeah, I had only played like an hour, so I didn't really get super far into it. But I was like, man, is this a is this still worth playing? It was kind of hard for me to tell based off based off my first, you know, forty five minutes to an hour. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it came out in like twenty twelve or twenty eleven. Yeah, so the, it's graphically, kind of, it's a little bit dated. Yeah, graphically, it's a little rough. But I, I, I think if you can get past that, man, Dragon's Dogma is terrific. Okay. Well, at some break or at some point, once I'm kind of wrapped up with some break, I'd like to go back to it. So cool. Is that is that a game Capcom should remake once they've remade all the Resident Evils? Well, I think they are. They did. Didn't they announce like a remaster? the second one. Uh, I thought they also announced like a remaster of Dragon's Dog. Uh, I don't know that they did. Uh, the one I'm playing is on uh, Xbox One and, and PS4. I don't know about like a current gen version, though. Mm-hmm. They Maybe they did announce that and I. I missed it, but I'm not positive. So. Is Capcom doing the best of like all third party publishers right now? Like, or, or do they have like the highest like hit rate? I guess like with fans. Um, I don't know. Like, I know Capcom's doing really well, you know. Um, and I think Dragon's Dogma is a weird one because they definitely wanted to make yeah. an MMO of Dragon's Dogma. I think they actually even announced they did. An MMO. They and did it was make like it. clearly canceled. No, they did make it, and it was Japan only. I think. What? If I'm recalling correctly. No, um, come on. There's no way. And they made the anime as well. That's on. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. It feels but, right. Oh, my God. You're right. It was. But it's yeah, weird. 2015. It's strange because like that game, I, I don't feel like it was super successful here necessarily. I mean, people knew about it, but it was strange that it got all this attention like later down the line. So I'm curious if it was. It's it's like basically what Seth did, where it's just like saying like, wow, that game was really ahead of its time. And like, I think yeah. at the time people were just like, yeah, it's not Skyrim, you know, but then all of a sudden, like when there was just the, like the first lull in like the PlayStation 4 Xbox One cycle people were like going back and revisiting it. that was when i remember like 2014 right. was when i remember people like asked if i've played it i'm like no yeah. one asked if i played it when this game came out like what, what why did it take three or four years for people to get curious about if i played this game or not well it's like one of those games where i've actually i've never heard anyone say anything bad about dragon's dogma like i've never yeah. heard anyone be like i hate that game yeah it's only ever been like really good things so yeah, to clarify, Dragon's Dogma Online it did release, I guess in Japan in 2015. But I think yeah, it's I just since looked been it shut down. I couldn't believe it. I thought that was an MMO project that was canceled. Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's hit our our, our big topic of the show this week. George kind of came up with this one, and George, why don't you take it away? Yeah. So I've been thinking recently that. Um, there's just not as many licensed games as there used to be. And uh, that's probably for the best. I know licensed games did not have the best reputation amongst uh, amongst players back in the day, but I really, really like them personally. So I was thinking, like, what would be the best movies from the past couple of years that did not get licensed games or TV shows or, you know, whatever? Like, what are the best properties that would have been primed for for some good games? And so much like the way the Bumblebee movie kind of turned around that film franchise and turned around is really generous, I understand. But the way that Bumblebee was like a watchable Transformers movie, I think a Bumblebee game would have been really good. I also think that with Godzilla coming back and all those fun movies, like a Kong Skull Island being like in my head, like a Western sort of like first person shooter monster hunter crossover where it was just you like going in and like, you know, killing beasts and like 
kind of like Far Cry where you have to like get all these different ingredients and materials to like build more survivable things. Like I think that could have been a lot of fun. So we've been brainstorming about games that we think should have existed from movies and TV shows and books and comics and all, all this fun stuff for the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think one of the big ones that immediately comes to mind, and uh, I hate to bring it up again because we've been talking about this movie nonstop, but Top Gun Maverick, I mean, Top Gun, the the first movie had so many game iterations. I mean, over a span of, what, 20, 25 years. They made a brand new GameCube game for it. Right. Um, and they even, didn't they release a Top Gun game on PS3 and 360 digitally? I'm I'm pretty sure they did, if I'm recalling. That feels right, like an online only. I don't think it was really good, but they did release it. <laughs> yeah, and it was on original Nintendo also. Yeah, yep. And I remember growing up, there was a sure. Top Gun game on Game Boy Advance. I had that. I played a lot there of that. There was a, a Top Gun game on PS3 called Top Gun Hardlock. Okay. I don't know if that's what you're talking about or I not. I think it is. I think it is. Um, but yeah, I you know, I... We can always use more flight games and, and certainly like Top Gun Maverick, seeing how successful that movie is and how it's kind of brought people back to 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 that original film and, and kind of nostalgia there. I, I think, you know, that that to me, like if I could pull anything, it would be a, a, a Top Gun Maverick license game. I mean, the the opportunities there, I think, would be endless. Uh, like I said, I, I'm sure that most of these Top Gun games were not very good. I I just have so much nostalgia of playing the playing the NES one and playing the um. Like I said, there was the one on Game Boy Advance that I had when I was a kid, and I I can't recall the the title of it, but I uh, I adored those games. Just as somebody who enjoyed the movie, it was always like, man, this is so cool to be able to fly this F-14. These these few little pixels on the screen, like this is the best. And so would love to have seen that return with Maverick. That's a great answer. And I also think that keeps our streak for talking about Top Gun alive. You're I think correct. that's like four straight episodes where we've yes. talked about Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. and I really want to. I'm oh, seeing it the third time this weekend. I'm very excited. Nice. <laughs> it's coming to I've my seen it twice. Theater. Nice. Um, so my my answer is actually something george alluded to earlier in that i think we have completely missed out on like a kaiju fighting game there was a a game called war the monsters on the ps2 and gamecube and it was really really cool at least when i was a kid it was really cool I i don't know how good it actually was but like man you got like all like the godzilla resurgence and uh kong and then you had like the Pacific Rim um, movies that came out in the early, uh, yeah, like the early 2010s. And I just think like seeing all these monsters fighting again would be really cool. Um, you could even throw like the Godzilla marketing on it. Also, the other game I was thinking of is we could really use a Fast and Furious video game. Yeah, I mean, with like Need for Speed kind of going away. Kidding. Absolutely kidding. There's one that came out last year. I forgot about that one that released. Crossroads? I forgot about that. Is that what it was called? Well, I, yeah. for, I forget what it was called. Yeah, okay, but I agree. We need like a good Fast and Furious yeah. video game. Yeah. I just. Well, because there is precedent for that. The Forza Horizon know. 2 uh, DLC. There was a, a Fast and Furious Forza Horizon 2 DLC that was standalone. And it was all Fast and Furious based. And it was really good. 
Dude, I don't even know what Fast and Furious is anymore. Like, like, (laughs) I feel like an idiot because I think the first one is still the best one. And then I think the fifth one is the second best one. The fifth one was where they were in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth one's pretty good. Like the only thing that really annoyed me about Fast Five was that there was a one actual racing scene, and they cut it out. <laughs> they they go to like the underground race, remember? And then they just come back with the cars. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, why? Yeah. Um, some more answers. I actually don't really care about any of like the MCU movies. I think like I I mean not that I don't care about them, but like for getting like a video game, you know, like. For whatever reason, like an Infinity War like Muso game is like the most interesting to me, right? Where it's just like oh, you man. fighting like hordes and hordes <laughs> of whatever they were called, the Chitari or whatever they were in, in by the time Infinity War rolled around. I should think of all of them, a Black Widow game would have been the most interesting. Oh yeah, Black Widow game would have been cool. Because I remember like when Batman Begins came out, there was a movie tying game by either EA or Ubisoft, I can't remember. But it was basically yeah. just like diet Splinter Cell. Like it was like baby's first Splinter Cell game. And I was so bad at Splinter Cell and I loved Batman. So that game, perfect to me. That game really means a lot to me. Uh, so I think Black Widow would have been like the most premium. Besides that, I really wish um, like Telltale didn't go away. Or if a studio so- like uh, like Supermassive or something. Because like I think like the social network, like some kind mm. of like dramatic game, right? Like a actual like like Moneyball, like something like that, where like it is just like entirely based on conversations. You can really screw people over or you can yourself get screwed over if you make poor decisions. Like, I think there could have been something interesting like that. I mean, like we got a Reservoir Dogs video game 15 years after that movie came out. Don't tell me we can't get a social network game. So wasn't Telltale supposed to be coming back and like they never did? Yeah, I'm kind of confused by their status, to be honest with you. I'm like totally lost as to what happened. Because didn't um, what's what's because the... they've announced like a new Wolf Among Us, right? Like they're yeah. working on that, but I don't know. Um... Are they doing anything else, or have they released anything? I I'm I don't know. Who is the guy who wrote The Walking Dead and Invincible? Robert Kirk. Robert Kirkman. Robert, Robert Kirkman owns a video game company, Skybound. Skybound, and didn't they buy Telltale? I believe so. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure out like where they came from. Have they announced anything? I didn't have friends who worked at Telltale, but I had friends who were dating people who worked at Telltale. And like when that company like went under, like they, I think like it, it's kind of like what what is it Odysseus's ship, where it's just like okay, like you can have the name. And you're going to have the properties, but like, is it the same studio if the same people aren't there? Like, not really, right? Well, so the thing was about Telltale was they made really good stories, but their games were a complete mess, man. And that that was always the unfortunate thing about Telltale was like, even their last ones, like um, Batman Season 2 crashed constantly. The frame rate was awful. And it's like, man, these games shouldn't be running this bad. Um, and I think that's where a lot of, and, and the development of them took forever too. you mm-hmm. know, if one episode was coming out a month, that would have been fine. But it was like one episode every six months was the issue. And, um, it's a shame because I think their games actually were really fun. It's just, you had to kind of be like, well, it's sort of like you, you do with Bethesda games, right? It's like, well, it's kind of part of the charm of it, all the glitches and stuff. Yeah. The Telltale I was like, well, you, you, you kind of 
you kind of had to go for it. I'm trying to. So I've got another one. Um, you know, everybody when they think back to like the N sixty four, they always think about Goldeneye, and I feel like we've really missed out on Bond video games like the past ten years. I know we had a couple probably in the early twenty tens. I don't necessarily think they were video game tie-ins, though, if I'm recalling correctly. I think there was like a remake of GoldenEye that was not great. And then there was another one that I can't recall the name of. I just remember it was like a black and white uh, box art with like red text on it. I can't think of what the name was. Yes. Yes. Um, But of course, was not was not a tie-in. So no time to die. I mean, I would have I would kill to see. I hear you. I just James think, Bond honestly, the James Bond movies got too smart. Like, I think that's the problem. Like, I think, like, Goldeneye was, like, more of an action movie than a spy movie. Sure. And then they became sort of, like, more borderline, like, political thrillers. I 100% yeah. agree. That's a good point. That said, IO Studios is making a new 007 game, right? Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. I'm excited for that. I thought of another comic book movie that I think would have deserved a game. And it's Logan. Like yes. Of, of all I the agree. superhero movies, I think that one would have been like a really fun one because it would have been across somewhere between Red Dead Redemption and The Last of Us, right? And so I think like um, emotionally that, that game could have really worked. And like, man, they're making a Wolverine game, right? At uh, Insomniac? Yep. 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 Man, I hope it's I hope it's deep. <laughs> <laughs> John Wick 3 or John Wick series. Would, uh, that would, was would that have been, Would that have been a fun shoot 'em up game? Yes. Absolutely. I think that would have been a, a blast and, and they could have done some fun stuff with that too. You know, it, I know those movies are super serious for the most part. They have some funny moments, but they're, mm-hmm. they're intended to be serious, but I, I can imagine some fun, like kind of um, bullet storm esque, like this is a ridiculous kill like type type gameplay. So something I like Max Payne. Really, and really did you ever play the Punisher game on original Xbox? No. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so there was so you were Frank Castle, the Punisher. You were really good at murdering people, but like you'd have to interrogate people to like get information. And every situation was like contextual. So you'd grab someone who knew something like there'd be like a little marker letting you know that they knew something. You'd be like in an auto body shop. So you'd grab them and then you'd like walk them over towards like a drill. And then you'd have like the drill pointed towards the back of their head and you'd have to like balance the analog stick so you can like put pressure on them. So they think you're actually going to do it but not go so hard that you actually kill them. And that was like for every level of the game, there was like at least like three different rooms that had like six different ways to kill someone. And so it's like in that same like mechanic shop, you could go over and like drop an engine block on them. You could be like in an aquarium and like try to drop them into like a piranha tank. Like you could grab a pair of pliers and like try to rip out their, their teeth or something. Like it was just like all this, really ridiculous over the top stuff that was just like in hindsight i'm like i can't believe they figured out how to do that in 2003 and i can't believe someone actually paid them to do it it's insane it was like a really controversial game um i thought if i remember correctly right yeah like, wasn't, it was it like made a lot of headlines also george what is your opinion of the punisher like in general the character or the movie the character character i think the character is really interesting. I don't think he's always handled the best. I don't think he should be in his own title, but I think him showing up in other titles is probably like, like I think he's the best supporting character. I don't think he's like a, a lead. Yeah, I agree. I think he's kind of, I think, I think 
he's kind of overblown as far as uh, Marvel character goes. Um, well, it's just tough because like that character, like when he really blew up, it was like everything was extreme just for like ex- like extreme sake, right? Like it was like when '90s crime was like you know everyone like all the statistics showed that like crime was only going to get worse in the '90s, and then all of a sudden it like dropped. And there's yeah. like one reason why people think that happened. I'm not going to share it here because I don't want to offend any listeners. But uh, there's one very specific reason why economists think that actually happened. And so like the reason for the Punisher being around kind of stopped. And then like with you know mass shooting becoming just like a a national headline, like there's a conversation to be had about this character. I just don't think we've like had the most interesting or like poignant one yet. Well, I also think like he kind of got co-opted by like people who don't even understand the character. Right. Like yeah. you see like a lot of like um, military guys just like sporting the the skull. And it's like, well, you guys don't even really know what you're talking about with the, with the Punisher. And that kind of annoys, annoys the, the hell out of me. Um, it's like, okay, well. It's pretty gross when you see, like, a cop with, like, a Punisher patch on. Yeah. It's like, dude, actually, Frank hates you. Like, Frank like, hates everything about you. You guys don't even understand what you're doing. That's but whatever. <laughs> it's really beyond frustrating. I don't know, like, there's a, there's a new series right now, but, like, the author is this guy named Jason Aaron who, like, explains, like, the logo change. Because I think he took over the hand or something. So, like, he, he changed, like, the, the skull logo to, like... Yeah, and I understand. I understand why Marvel did that but it doesn't really matter because like that logo is always going to be the Punisher logo. Yeah. You know? So it's like, nah, kind of, kind of got co-opted there. Also. Yeah. Mileage varies with Jason Aaron. So I have no idea if that series is good or not. Me either. I haven't read comics forever. All right. Well, you guys got any other licensed games to, to discuss or shall we move on? I think Jurassic world would have been, or like the Jurassic series and yeah. like the planet of the Apes series would have been super fun. Yeah. See, I'm trying to think of of one that hasn't already been made that would make a good video game. Something like uh, Blade Runner would have made a good video game. We already mm-hmm. kind of got that with Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. But Blade yeah. Runner, I think, has, has a really good story. I just recently watched the new Blade Runner movie, and I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I still have not seen 2049 that 2049 is incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. And um, our boy never ages. I mean, he does, <laughs> but he looks really good. He looks really good. I need to watch that movie at some point. I love the first one, and I just still somehow have not seen 24. What did you guys think of them making a new Indiana Jones? At some point, uh, he's getting too old, I right? Know, I mean, like, Crystal Skull was a, was a, was a turd. I get it. But, but he was you know, at least, like, reasonable to be in that movie, right? Yes, like, yes. That was the last possible second you could make Harrison Ford action star movie. Yes. I mean, like I said, he looks yeah. really good for his age, but what are, you, what are you doing crawling around these like dangerous ancient tombs? Are you going to run from a boulder this time? I, I, I hope it's like in your I hope he becomes like the Sean Connery figure, right? Like the older right. sort of like curmudgeon jaded person. Right. And then there's well, like, some like they, younger, but it's like who's good enough to pick up the hat. But they like after kind him. of attempted to do that in Crystal Skull and it just right. didn't. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah. yeah. But it was bad writing. Yeah, I was like, they they could have pulled it off if it wasn't for the weird plot of of Crystal Skull. There was a lot of there was like a lot of great moments in that movie, but it wasn't a good movie. If that makes sense. Yes. 
like them like on the motorcycle like going through the library like i actually like that scene is like super fun parts of the jungle chase are really fun but it's just it's weird that like they just made it so like cgi and like not a lot of practical effects and that's like one thing i really miss about those movies is like how real they feel and so that on top of like you know discovering aliens in south america or whatever the plot was yeah i mean i would really love i mean this new indian jones movie it has to be good like it's it's got to be good because it's almost certainly going to be the last one we're going to get well it's james mangold right isn't he directing it i think so yeah that dude's awesome he did logan he did ford versus ferrari he did copland he did great like he's done great movies like i don't know if he's had a bad movie i don't know it's gotta be good it's probably Harrison Ford's one of his last movies, and it's got to be like the last Indiana Jones movie. So, man, did you guys did you guys see a movie called Age of Adeline? <laughs> so it's this movie about Blake Lively who um, like gets caught in like some weird electrical storm in like the 1930s and she like stops aging. And so she like never lets herself fall in love because she's just like young forever. And it's just like too complicated to explain and too heartbreaking to find out. And then she starts like seeing this guy who um you know takes her to like meet his family and it turns out her dad is harrison ford who's someone she had a tryst with like back in the 50s or 60s or something and he's like losing his mind because he's like no i know you and she's like no you don't you know she's like lying or whatever one of the best like low-key small budget small scale like drama movies i've seen and like the flashbacks they got for the guy to play harrison ford i i i liked aldrin Heinrich or whatever that guy's name was for solo. But like, <laughs> how was it not this guy? This guy is like the most perfect Harrison Ford impersonator that feels like disrespectful to him. But like, he was just so good at being a young, a young Harry. God, he would have been incredible <laughs> in solo. Yeah. I still like solo though. I know that's like not a popular too. opinion, but I, I actually think I that actually, movie's really good. I feel like solo looking solo is, is a, is a pretty popular opinion. I don't see many people talking okay. badly about solo. I think the general consensus is like, it's a good movie, but it's not like the, it's yeah. like a standout. You I enjoyed know? it. Yeah. Um, quickly before we wrap up the show, I did want to touch on some, some big news this week. Uh, God of war Ragnarok. Uh, the, the release date was revealed this week. And I think George and I were, were kind of talking about it beforehand and, you know, it's it's coming out November 9th and they announced these collector's editions, which, by the way, all their collector's editions that they revealed, none of them include a physical copy of the game, which is odd to me. They're all download codes. Um, but that <laughs> that aside, and then they showed like a 30 second CG trailer. They didn't show any gameplay. Um, it was more so just a hey, this is when the game's coming out. Here's some little small little tidbits and. To me, I, I thought this was kind of a misstep. And George, it sounds like you, you kind of agree with me. Um, this this is one of my most anticipated games. And so to see it kind of fumbled in this way, I, I was a little shocked and, and disappointed, to be honest. I think from a marketing standpoint, it is a fumble, right? Because it's like there's arguments to be made about like what the best Sony produced video game of all time is. But like this, like the original God of War, not the original, sorry, but like the, the reboot of God of War, like that comes up in the conversation, right? Like there's an argument to be made that it is, yes. if not the best video game Sony's ever made, then it's one of the three best video games that Sony's ever made. And so the just the complete lack of ceremony for announcing this game that it's coming out this year when there's been so much like speculation about if it would come out this year, if it was going to get delayed, if it was supposed to come out last year. 
and the fact that like they had a state of play at the beginning or the beginning of summer and they like didn't mention it like that would have been a great moment to, to reveal it you know just to have it come to to reality in like a playstation blog post that's the part that just feels weird to me like it's like they don't know how much people have been looking forward to this game they don't know how much people love the first one like it just seems a little tone deaf from a marketing perspective and it's so, like that's the part that it just leaves me a little a little confused and a little little not speechless because i just talked about it for a minute and a half but confused yeah no i agree with you and i, I think i'll be honest you know aside from the blog post thing i i totally agree with um you know they could have absolutely included this in the state of play last month but the thing that kind of shocked me is we haven't seen this game in like a year and um you know this is their big big reveal and we didn't get any sort of gameplay or like acknowledgement of a date when gameplay would be coming like it's it was a little um a little kind of uh bizarre i guess for lack of a better word that you know they're like hey this game is out in five months and by the way here is no footage of the game or screenshots just cg and i'm like all right that's a little worrisome uh on my end i don't know i I don't know if i'm overreacting but it's it's just kind of a strange uh, marketing cycle this game has been given so we'll see what happens (laughs) um so i think a couple of these things can be explained away pretty clearly and i think there's a whole second story to this announcement, right? This, this whole release date announcement. And that is that the dude who was leaking everything and was like getting everything right and like literally leaking everything about the games industry leaked to that last week they were supposed to announce the release date. And I think that was probably accurate because that guy's known to be like very accurate about his leaks. and. What I think ended up happening was that made a lot of people angry to the point where like, all right, enough is enough of this guy. Like, and they, I think they probably delayed the announcement of the release date to today. Um, and it's like, then when they did, when they didn't announce anything last week, they got like a ton of like harassment and stuff because like I said, this guy was pretty much right about everything beforehand. Yeah. He was very, very accurate. very accurate. And to the point where it's like, this couldn't have been a coincidence. Like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it was pretty clear, in my point of view, that Santa Monica was doing this. They were kind of like, all right, well, now screw this guy. Like, we're going to announce it on our own terms. <laughs> Which is, they have the right to do that. I think that's fine. Um. But I am wondering if they initially planned like a bigger reveal for it. They had something else planned and they scrapped it in order to to get back at this guy. Maybe that's just speculation. As far as the trailer goes with no gameplay. um, I I didn't really that didn't even really cross my mind because we got gameplay of it like last year, I think it was. And it didn't really work out for them because what you got was a bunch of people that were like, this, this is exactly like God of War, the last one. Like, look at the boot animations. The boot animations are exactly the same. It's like, well, it's a sequel. So I'm not really <laughs> sure <laughs> what you want. Um, 
Kratos still looks the same? Yeah, what? you see him doing the, the swing the blades of chaos like that? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, you know, like you you you're buying God of War Ragnarok for the story. I mean, the the game's gonna be fun to play, but like, if you just wanted the the gameplay, you can play the last one. This is the continuation of the story. It's gonna have probably mostly the same gameplay with if it follows the the same God of War trend. You know, a new weapon or two. Um, we want to know because like the last God of War was so plot focused. We want to know what happens next. Um, the one thing I do think is interesting about Ragnarok is that they said this is not going to be a trilogy. This is a duology. This is going to be the last God of War in the uh, Viking setting, which seems odd to me. There's a lot more to explore here. And I don't really like that. But again, I mean, I guess we don't know how big this game is. Um, but I was fine with just a CG trailer because I'm like, I, I kind of feel like I know exactly what to expect. Yeah, I will say like the lack of ceremony does kind of suck. And I do think that maybe some of this had to do with like the leaker, like like them trying to get back at him and and you know ruin his reputation. That is a good point though about the the trailer. I guess I hadn't thought about that. And I think back to um, Horizon as well with Horizon Two, where you know gameplay was shown for that, and everybody was like, "Well, it's more of the same." Um, and so that that's probably valid. Honestly, I, I had not thought about that with uh, uh, the the previous gameplay that they showed. I, I do remember everybody saying, oh, this just looks like DLC for God of War. I, I very clearly remember that being thrown around on the Internet. And uh, it's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. In my I know, life. Like, I agree. It's, it's literally a sequel. Like, uh, what do you want? <laughs> it is. It is interesting, though, right? Because like. What are you supposed to grade on now? Like, I mean, you you guys were there, Seth. I think you're like a little bit more cognizant of it than than Austin was, just because you're a little older. But like, when a game started on PlayStation Two and then came out on PlayStation Three, it was like, holy crap, right? Like, there was like a marked improvement over what we had versus what we're about to get. And it, there's just not going to be like that that sort of leap anymore is there right like unless like some things no. like fundamentally change no. about like the way we play games but like i think that's why they focus so much on plot because the playstation 4 while it was prettier than the playstation 3 that playstation 3 god of war god of war 3 is still impressively beautiful you know oh, it's gorgeous I, you know that that opening scene when oh, you're fighting on a titan and like uh the you get to zoom in on Kratos' face as he goes through the crack. Like, I'll never forget that. That is that that's one I was I remember specifically saying, like, oh my god, like that's incredible. And um it's just like we're getting so close to photorealism, you know, and with Unreal Engine 5 coming out and like how that's gonna change the game, really I think the next steps for game design are are gonna be, you know, um things like frame rate and lighting. Um, but you're not going to see like these like screenshots of like, oh my God, like, look how great this looks. Cause they, they all look nearly photorealistic. Like, especially the racing games, dude, there, when you compare it, like, like side by sides of like a real life photo and like the new Forza or Gran Turismo's, they look like you can almost not even tell a difference. Yeah. And that is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's it. I don't know what the net. I don't. I don't think you're going to see a difference in generation. Well, I think anymore. you you alluded to it already. Like it's going to be plot. It's going to be like mm-hmm. actual story and like narrative. Like that's going to be the the maturation that people are looking for. That's going to be like the next step is like the actual storytelling in the games. And like obviously, there's bells and whistles attached to a game for like how you can do storytelling, right? Like it's not just in the words that are spoken or the plot that you follow forward, but like. I think like that's going to be such an an integral part of it. I think you're going to end up seeing um, a lot more like big time writers come into games because back in the day, they didn't have that. They didn't have any like real writers writing the games. And then that's slowly become a bigger and bigger part where I would say like in a lot of games, you know, the, the, the writing team could be viewed as like the most important now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I think you're right, George. I think I think we're getting closer and closer to video games like stopping having the um like the stigma attached to them, despite like some people's die hard like insistence on that. Um and I think I think what we're gonna see is is continued more mainstream appeal to video games and uh, the plots get exponentially better, and it, that's hard to even imagine because there's just a lot of video games like the first God of War where the, the story is insane and it's really really good. I think a lot of the characters are written, you know, wonderfully. So, no, that is a good point, though. I mean, mainstream wise, people, you know, quote unquote non gamers, you know, plot that's something anybody can enjoy. I mean, that you can enjoy that in a in a film, in a book, in a TV show. So I, I I definitely agree, but something to look forward to. Either way, I'll be I'll be picking it up. I can't wait for it. Still, um, I love the first one. The first one is probably one of the best video games I've ever played. So that's that's one of my favorite parts, though. It's like you didn't see you you didn't see a gameplay trailer. You only saw like a cinematic, and like you're still yep. buying it day one. That I'm still buying. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up there. So thank you all for listening. Of course, you can find the show pretty much anywhere. Of course, you know that. So feel free to share the show with your friends. Tell them they can find it anywhere. We can always use more more listeners, more more friends. So uh, have them check us out. We are on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram at FrameskipPod. We are individually on Twitter. I am at Austin J. Eller. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. Don't follow him. George is at purplebird616 and that's also where you can find his comic book podcast shortbox summary so go check that out yeah this week we're doing spider-man the movie the sam raimi movie from 2002 and then Uh, i hope to get seth into the studio next week so we can talk about uh marvel knights and amazing spider-man i'm sorry for delaying this so long i just the celtics were in the playoffs way longer than i thought they would be So go check that out. Of course, uh, aside from being on Twitter there, you can just search short box summary pretty much anywhere. You can find our show and, and uh, find George's show there as well. Elijah, who is not here on this episode, you can find him on Twitter at local lizard man. And then on Twitch at local lizard man, where he streams. And I think that's it. So thank you all for listening and we'll check you next week. See ya later. Bang it out, rain it in. (laughs) That's sick, dude.